My name's Jeremy. This is Mindy. Uh, thank you for having us here tonight. We are really just grateful that we can be up here today sharing what God has done in our life uh, because of his amazing love for us. And my hope tonight and our hope is that through our story that you leave here with a greater um, awareness of God's amazing love for you. Because it wasn't really until we began to receive God's love that we were filled with his love and could truly love one another. And so, um, yeah, I I better get to the script before we run out of time. Um, So we have three kids. I think we have a picture. Um, Addison's 14, Olivia's 11, and Jeremy is 8. And uh, I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, Mindy grew up in Columbia, Missouri. And we met one another in 1998 when we were 18 years old at the University of Missouri, uh, Columbia. So we had three out of four classes together um, freshman year. Uh, We moved to Dallas uh, in the summer of 2009 for me to pursue a master's in theology from uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. Um, In order to do that, I had to step down from running uh, an insurance and investment practice um, as a managing director there after having been with them for about eight years. And so that was really the position I thought I had always wanted, um, was making really good money for a young guy. And, um, you know, we were living the American dream. We thought we were going to retire from that position. However, God had different plans. Uh, We sold our home just after three days on the market and moved to Dallas to train at at DTS. We would have never imagined that I would even be um, a pastor here on staff, which I didn't mention that. I'm uh, (laughs) I'm on staff here as uh, a married community group director. And so, um, which I would have never have ever imagined that I'd be saying I'd I'd be on staff at a church as a, as a pastor. And so uh, today, tonight, we're going to let you peek into our lives and share as, uh, as much as we have time to. And um, I think you'll see, hopefully, again, the power of God's love and how he can transform our lives and our relationships. So, so I grew up in a loving home. My parents are still married today. I have an older half-brother and a younger sister. Uh, My dad did travel a lot while we were growing up, so oftentimes from Monday through Friday, he was gone and um, out of town. But um, one thing that really stuck with me was his dedication to work and a positive attitude that he always has, and that still impacts me to this day. Uh, My mom was very involved, stay-at-home mom. She did PTA, Girl Scouts, always up at the school, always in our activities. Um, I would say... It appeared like we had it all together on the outside, but we definitely weren't without our dysfunction. Um, Both of my parents were addicts when I was growing up, so my mom was addicted to prescription pain pills, and my dad was a high-functioning alcoholic. I was not aware of their addictions until um, later in my life. So I remember my parents often fighting at night, and there would be yelling and screaming back and forth and doors slamming and my dad would leave, and, um, and we wouldn't know where he went, and he wouldn't come back for several hours or maybe the next day. So into my adult years, I would come to handle conflict the same way. I'd get angry, shut down, 
and, and want to avoid. So um, also while growing up, we did attend church. We were church attenders on the weekends. I was involved in um, the youth group up until junior high. Um, but I would say a relationship with Jesus is definitely something everyone in our family was lacking. Um, I really believe my family did the best they could with the information they had and given the circumstances that we lived in and that they faced. Uh, my mom had me when she was 18 years old, and my biological father left when I was born. So I was adopted by my stepdad at age six. And we didn't know this at the time, but he was bipolar uh, growing up. Uh, and so this led to a, a real confusing and chaotic upbringing um, as a child, just not understanding uh, what was going on. So we moved around a lot, and there seemed to be quite a bit of tension in our home. And church was really our backup activity on the weekends. We would go occasionally if we didn't have other plans, and, and we definitely didn't have a church home. So. so when I met Jeremy, I was in a relationship with my high school boyfriend that I had dated for four years. Um, Jeremy and I had class together, like he said, and formed a friendship throughout that semester of our freshman year. He would say that I always asked to study with him. (laughs) I was attracted to his outgoing personality and the fact that he was a fraternity boy was super cool. Um, At this point in my life, school was the least of my priorities. (laughs) You're going off script. Always happens. (laughs) (laughs) At this point in my life, school was the least of my priorities. My social life was my main focus. I was going out partying five to six nights a week, looking to have a good time. I was also looking to guys to validate my worth, and Jeremy's pursuit of me made me feel special. I broke up with my boyfriend over Christmas break, and Jeremy and I started dating shortly after. By the time I met Mindy, I'd been seeking to fill a void. Um, I'd this longing for something, and I'd been trying to fill it with the fleeting things of the world. I I chose partying, porn, sex, drinking, drugs. I was trying it all to satisfy this this void that I had, and um, I didn't realize that at the time. I'm only aware of that now looking back, but, you know, I was at college not to get an education, but to party, And when I saw Mindy, I was physically attracted to her, but I didn't think I had much of a chance uh, with her either. But I think she's looking at me because I debated on whether to ask her this or not, but or to share this. But the, I think it was her seeing me dance on the dance floor that got her. (laughs) So that's my opinion. The summer after our sophomore year, um, been dating for a year and a half, uh, we found out that I was pregnant. At this point, we had been dating, oh, just said that, a year and a half. Our relationship was very serious, and we did talk about a future together. However, the news of having a baby made this reality much sooner than either of us had anticipated. This life-altering experience impacted our lives in ways we couldn't even fathom at the time. Jeremy continued school full-time and also got a job, and I continued school part-time. In November of that year, we got engaged, but we decided to wait until after Jeremy graduated to get married. Addison, our oldest daughter, was born January 4, 2001. When she was three months old, we moved into our first home together, 
and I stepped into the role of mother and essentially wife way before I was ready to. Although we weren't married yet, we were living together, and I was doing all of the duties around the house, cooking, cleaning, laundry, grocery shopping, you know. (laughs) This major life change brought about several emotional and physical problems in my life. I began suffering from migraine headaches four to five times a week. I was having panic attacks weekly, resulting many times in visits to the ER, and I began, I began a battle with depression. I didn't know who I was and what my purpose in life was. I went from being a very social, outgoing sorority girl to a stay-at-home mom who felt lost. My identity was no longer wrapped up in my carefree days of college, but now in a baby who depended on me for everything. This was one of the lowest points in my life. And about the same time, I began to have an emotional affair. I began seeking affirmation from an old high school friend. The flirting turned into more of a false reality for me when I had class with him in college. I'd faced this huge life change and was feeling lonely. The affair was an escape for me. He made me feel important, cherished, and secure. My thoughts were consumed with how I could cross his path, how I could see him, and and even how my life would be different if I was with him and not with Jeremy. I was living in my own little fantasy world that existed only inside my head. This relationship could have very easily become physical, but by God's grace, it did not. The strange thing about the whole situation is I'm pretty sure he had no idea of of this. It was just something that that I had concocted in my head and was really more of a one-sided affair. I was just another girl to him just a friend from high school. But for me, he was becoming my every desire. Despite that, Jeremy and I got married on July 27, 2002. And looking back, I now realize that at the time, I did not want to marry Jeremy. I distinctly remember walking down the aisle at our wedding and glancing over into the audience and locking eyes with this person. I remember wishing that I was walking towards him and not towards Jeremy. Yeah, and during this time, Uh, The void I had previously tried filling with girls, drugs, and alcohol transferred to my career. And Mindy may have been having an emotional affair, but I was having an affair with my career and just my own selfish ambitions. And I was throwing myself into that. And and it actually fed that void that I had uh, temporarily. And I was rewarded for doing well and would get a lot of accolades and attention and felt significant. And so... Um, that worked for a moment, and then I'd need to feel like I needed to achieve more and more. And um, meanwhile, I was leaving them with with everything, leaving Mindy, and I, they were really taking a back seat to my to my drive for you know self, really for self and wealth. Oh. And I would have said that God was first, family was second, and that my career was third at that time, Uh, but my actions really were speaking louder than what I would have said. So, At this point in my life, I was beginning to grow in my faith, but I had definitely not surrendered all control to God. During my bout with the anxiety, panic attacks, and depression, I decided to return to the church I grew up in. I started attending the women's Bible study weekly, and I also joined MOPS, Mothers of Preschoolers. My life didn't look much different on the outside during these early years, but God was drawing me to himself through these ministries. Early in our marriage, I wanted to run my own offense, and I thought I knew what was best. I looked at God as someone who was supposed to 
to help me get the things that I wanted or that he was there to just help me when I, need, when I thought I needed him. And Proverbs 14, 12, I think summarizes it really well, that there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And I was leading our relationship and our family toward death and destruction. And I, I was that person that Proverbs 19, 3 describes. It, it says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. Thankfully, God intervened and began to open my eyes to the truth. And by God's grace, I truly and wholeheartedly accepted Jesus as my Savior through faith. And I believed that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised to life. And the old me died with Christ. I was forgiven of all my sins and I was raised to newness of life. And God opened my eyes to the lies I had been believing and help me see that true love, joy, and peace could only be found in a relationship with him. And that happened on, uh, really in November of 2003, it was when Mindy and I fully surrendered and said, okay, Lord, we love you, we trust you, we receive the love that you have for us, and we, got, we chose to publicly proclaim that, and, and we got baptized together. And I, I really, I can't say that everything changed instantly or that we didn't face any difficulties. We still had to deal with a lot of the consequences of our poor choices up to that point. Uh, and, and those were about to come to a head, as Mindy will, will explain here in a moment. But up to this point, our minds had been conformed to the pattern of the world. Uh, but it was in this moment that God began to renew our minds to line up our perspective with his perspective. And so his grace would prove sufficient in this rough season that we were about to face. So one Thursday morning at the women's Bible study I was a part of, I shared with my group the details um, of the lustful thoughts I had been having. I couldn't hold it in any longer. The shame and guilt were weighing me down. And it was in this community that I found love and acceptance despite my sin. But maybe more importantly, I was surrounded by women who called my sin for what it was, an affair. This was hard for me to accept. I'd always thought of an affair as something physical. But God's word is clear. In Matthew 5, 27 and 28, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in her heart. The reality that I committed adultery hit me like a ton of bricks. The women also encouraged me to share my struggle with Jeremy. Well, I thought they were crazy because why would I need to do that? (laughs) Um, I just thought this was something that God and I could handle and um, just allow him to change me and we could move forward. The fear of Jeremy's reaction and the fear of conflict is what made me want to stay silent. I was also trying to protect Jeremy from the pain that I know it would cause him. Against my desire to hide, I decided to share with Jeremy the reality of my emotional affair. Like I expected, he was hurt. And it was painful for him, and it was going to take time for this wound to heal. But surprisingly for me, it was like a ton of bricks had been lifted from my chest. My thoughts were no longer trapped in the false reality that I was creating in my mind. Telling Jeremy turned out to be the best thing that I did. I don't want you to think it was easy. We definitely had a lot of work um, and put a lot of time in. But Jeremy's forgiveness and continued understanding on this issue in our relationship never ceases to amaze me. Only 
God could be responsible for this change of heart and behavior in him. By confessing to others and to Jeremy and through prayer, I am able to find healing from the effects of my sin. James 5.16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. As I am tempted at times to slip back into my lustful thoughts, it is important for me to continue to confess this hardship with Jeremy and others in real time so that the enemy cannot get a foothold in my life. In 2005, a year or so after her emotional affair was brought to light, I became the managing director of, of the company I was with. Uh, which brought on a whole new set of pressures and responsibilities in my life at that time. Um, in addition, I found out my grandpa was dying from cancer and heart issues. My stepfather was facing difficulties due to being bipolar. And I spoke with and met my biological father for the first time uh, since I was 16 in hopes to reconcile my relationship with him and extend forgiveness uh, to him. Uh, additionally, we went through a major intervention due to the drug addiction Mindy uh, mentioned with her parents. And uh, Mindy was being plagued at this point by these dreams and feelings from this past uh, affair that were affecting our relationship in the present. Um, and at that time, we also had our third child in, in August of 2006. So I know that without a relationship, with Christ and an awareness of his presence and love for me and for us, there's no way that we would have been able to get through that season in our lives. And Paul says it like this. We were, we were under great pressure for beyond our ability, far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He raised us from the dead. He made us brand new. And then he raised our marriage from death. So God has definitely transformed our marriage. And I can truly say that I'm in love with Jeremy today. I'm blessed and proud to be his wife, and I enjoy doing life with him. And God has healed many of our wounds. This healing has allowed us not to remain prisoners of our past, but instead for us to move forward together more united. As we rely on God, our oneness with one another increases. As we trust God and yield to his spirit, his patience is expressed through us toward one another. We now realize that everything we need for life we already possess in Christ. This frees us to look to the interest of the other rather than be concerned about getting our own needs met. Our communication has improved and our arguments are no longer as heated and unhealthy. We have learned how to have productive conflict and emotional and sexual intimacy has also improved. That's true. I'm sorry. I I wear my my feelings on my face. So I can't hide it. um, So... Here we are. Continuing, we are continuing to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And although we don't know what the future holds exactly, we know now who holds our future. And this is, brings great comfort and peace in the midst of conflict and challenges that we face. And now that we've been united with him, with, with Jesus, through faith, we can have peace in the midst of any problem that comes our way. 
when we moved here, it was a big step for us. We left a secure position, significant income, vast possessions, a nice home, and close friends. And we have less of the things that money can buy, but more of the things that money can't buy. And, and that starts with knowing Christ, our Lord, and knowing that in Him, true satisfaction uh, is possible. And um, being satisfied with Him allows us to enjoy all the things that He gives through that relationship. And so um, I love the way that uh, the Apostle Paul says it, and this has become one of my favorite verses. He says, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. That's from Philippians 3, 8, and 9. And there's absolutely nothing better than truly knowing our Father through Christ our Lord. So we want to end with Psalm 107, 13 through 16, because we think it summarizes our testimony well. And perhaps it may provide hope for you, especially if you're feeling hopeless. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and the deepest gloom and broke away their chains. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through their bars of iron. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for making us sons and daughters of yours through Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, I recognize there are people in the room that perhaps don't yet have a relationship with you. And I just pray by your spirit that you would open their heart and their eyes to see just how good you really are and how crazy you are about them, how much you love them. God, I pray for all of us to be reminded that you see us as worth the blood of Jesus to you, Father, that you would love us so much to send your one and only son in order that we could move from death to life. And so, Lord, we look to you and we thank you for everyone in this room. And I thank you for the hope that comes in a relationship with you. And I thank you that you can raise marriages back to life as we learn to just surrender to you and receive the love that you have for us so that we can truly love our spouse in the way that you've called us to. Thank you that your grace allows for us to live out the truth that you call us to. And thank you for the folks in this room and what you're doing in our hearts now. And so, Lord, we just commit ourselves to you. We love you. And we thank you for the privilege we have of being able to be sons and daughters of yours. Thank you for that gift. In Christ's name, amen.